0: Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm Eric Boll, Director of Public Affairs. We have had a lot going on in Washington, D.C. and federal policy over the last few weeks since we last spoke with you. So we're going to talk with Spencer Tuma to get into the issues regarding trade, farm bill, government funding, and several other things to give you an update. So let's get started. going to get an update today from Spencer Tuma, our Director of National Legislative Programs, because a lot has happened since we last spoke uh, in the world of trade and the Farm Bill and uh, then some congressional action on the budget. So, Spencer, appreciate you joining us this week.
1: Yeah, it's great to be back. There has been a lot going on since the last time I had the chance to, to visit with you.
0: Yeah, you know, the last time we talked, I think we mentioned that there were a bunch of deadlines coming up on September 30th. September 30th has now come and gone, so yes what uh, ended up happening on those?
1: Yeah, so you're right. September 30th was a huge day, not only for agricultural policy, but just in the congressional world in general. Um, Kind of overall, uh, September 30th was the deadline for government funding, so we had to reach a funding solution for the next fiscal year for the government. Uh, Unfortunately, they weren't able to get a full year budget done, but we did pass a continuing resolution that will fund the government through approximately December 7th, Mm -hmm. so so um, basically, that doesn't mean any big changes for anybody at this point, but that is um, a big development that happened. Yeah,
0: and that ma- basically means that whatever we were spending last year, let's just kick it over again until next year, mm-hmm. and not really change any policy or any of those levels along the way, right?
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And um, so that got kicked to you say December seventh. Mm-hmm. So that's about a month after the upcoming election, which is November sixth. So that should give Congress a little bit of time to get something figured out in a lame duck session. Mm-hmm. Uh, during November or early December.
1: Yeah, we sure hope so. It was really important for that funding mechanism to go ahead and be passed because Congress is on a district work period, both the House and the Senate, uh, for the next several weeks in anticipation of the upcoming election. So mm-hmm. they won't be spending a lot of time in Washington. They'll be be, be back in the districts um, a little bit more than than other years, yeah. And
0: the only exception to that is the fact that the Senate's still working through the Kavanaugh mm-hmm. nomination, and that's right. Um, we'll see what ends up happening with that, but they may end up having to come back for some votes um, on that issue. Uh, but the other big thing that happened, or more, more accurately, didn't happen mm-hmm. on the thirtieth, is that there was not an extension to the farm bill. No, and that expired um, at least technically. The authorization for the twenty fourteen farm bill. Um, expired on the 30th of September, but that doesn't necessarily mean the the programs are all ending.
1: Right. So we were really disappointed that Congress was not able to come to an agreement on the 2018 Farm Bill. You know, I am an eternal optimist, (laughs) and I've said on this podcast many times, you know, I do think there's congressional initiative to get a Farm Bill done, Unfortunately, uh, we have seen that the bill has taken some very partisan turns. That's not the norm for Mm -hmm. farm bills. They're generally not as partisan as other uh, committees and um, different groups that work on different pieces of legislation. Um, but the farm bill did expire at 11:59 p.m. on September 30th, so as of October 1st, we do not have a farm bill currently. However, as I've been telling people as I've been traveling, there's really no need to panic at this point. A lot of those programs that are really important to the farm bill, crop insurance, commodity one, Title one, or commodity Title one programs, those are all funded through the end of the year. So no, nobody's losing money. Um, we're not running out of money. Just we need to get something done very soon. Yeah, and
0: they will still have an opportunity to work on that as well in the lame duck session and it's possible uh, there's still a lot of optimism among some of the people that are in charge of the process in in Congress that they will get an agreement on an actual new farm bill. Mm-hmm. Um, before the lame duck session ends, however, it's been a long, long time since a lame duck farm bill has been passed, and there's also still a lot of political disagreement. So it may depend on what happens in the election.
1: I think it's very possible that Congress will consider a farm bill in the lame duck session, but like you said, there's a lot of variables at this point. You know whether or not they can even come to an agreement on those controversial portions of the farm bill that has kind of caused it to be hung up. But the election plays a big role in this as well, and and I think that's something we have to keep in mind moving forward.
0: Yeah. yeah and the big question, I guess, for a lot of people is if one or both chambers changes hands, then um, so like say if the House went to the the Democrats out of Republican control and goes over to the Democrat control, uh, as most of the prognosticators are predicting at this point is most likely to happen, that, uh, that would then give the Democrats an incentive to just hold out mm-hmm. and wait until they're you know, actually take control in January and then they would be able to craft a bill that's more suitable to their tastes and then that also um, would push the Republicans to want to get it done sooner so I guess I, it really depends on um, how things start to look over the next couple weeks as as we get closer to the election
1: it'll be really interesting to see how that all plays out because as you know um, every time we have a new congress all of the bills that had been introduced and were in progress actually go away so we'd have to basically start the farm bill process completely over it would have to be reintroduced go through committee again and then be passed by both chambers before they could get to a conference they don't get to just pick up where they left off um, so that could set us back uh, in the process quite a ways if mm-hmm. it is pushed past the end of the year.
0: And you know, one of the things that's really kind of interesting in those part- partisan dynamics is that um, Chairman, well, actually, Ranking Member Colin Peterson, mm-hmm. who passed the Farm Bill before the 2014 Farm Bill when he was Chairman of the House Ag Committee, um, he I think that was what the 2008 Farm, Farm Bill. Bill. Mm-hmm. He was Chairman for that. He would um, if if the Democrats were to take control of the House, he would be chairman again mm-hmm. and would be trying to pass a 2019 farm bill. Well, I actually feel like he would probably prefer to, to go with a Republican drafted version than um, if the Democrats took control because his committee would probably move pretty far to the left. And hes I've seen some speculation in some interviews that he actually was um, not real excited about having to start from scratch with a committee that had even fewer rural representatives as he is, um, and it would maybe be a challenge for him to even get that done. So there's a lot of dynamics at play um, just from the personnel. Uh, personalities that are involved Mm -hmm. in this as well.
1: Yeah, and it's the same in the Senate. I mean, we we probably should not go without mentioning Chairman Pat Roberts from Kansas, current chair of the Senate Ag Committee, was the House Ag Committee chair and actually had a farm bill passed. Um, If he's able to get this done before the end of the year, he'll be the first person, I believe, ever to have chaired both committees and put a bill through. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm sure that's weighing heavily on their minds and uh, the margins in the Senate uh, for control of that chamber are very tight, and mm-hmm. uh, we, of course, have a very hot, hotly contested Senate race here in the state of Missouri. So it'll be interesting to see how those dynamics play out.
0: Yeah, definitely so. Well, then the other major issue that w- had a deadline of September 30th was um, renegotiation of the NAFTA agreement, and we were actually, sur- <laughs> at least I was surprised to see a very last-minute agreement reached on that
1: it was wonderful to see that the u.s canada and mexico have reached an official trade agreement to replace the former north american free trade agreement or nafta now the new trade agreement is going to be called the u.s mexico canada agreement that's not quite as catchy as NAFTA. <laughs> We've mm-hmm. tried to call Doesn't it... Doesn't
0: roll off the tongue. <laughs> yeah.
1: What we're, we're trying. We're working on it. So, <laughs> um, But it does seem to be a positive agreement for agriculture, of course. It's a very long agreement, so we're still working through the, the details of that, but... My understanding is it will return us to zero tariffs on agricultural trade between the three countries and then also addresses some longstanding issues with the Canadian dairy system. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, their Canadian dairy supply management system and the Class 7 system were two of kind of the big sticking points for U.S. negotiators and their priority Uh, we did see that the canadians have agreed to eliminate their class 7 pricing system for their dairy products Um, however they did not make any changes that i know of to their supply management system
0: yeah and you've talked several times before about how the canadian uh, negotiators were adamant that there was no Mm -hmm. way they were giving up their supply management program and that's been the the basis of their program for decades and they um, i think politically just could not Justify getting rid of that. So, sure. I guess that part wasn't terribly shocking that they weren't able to get uh, that we weren't able to get that removed um, based on some of the things you'd been hearing over the past few months. Um, but we also have seen some other movement on other trade agreements as well. Uh, I guess we saw an announcement about a week or so ago that. Um, the United States and Japan are gonna be working mm-hmm. on an agreement. Have you seen any details on what they might be looking at?
1: Yeah, no details have been released yet, but of course that's great news yeah. for American agriculture, yeah. absolutely. And, and Japan was part of the Trans-Pacific Partnership that the U.S. was formerly a part of and then and then pulled out of. Um, so we're really excited. Japan has a great market for our products. Um, they're really increasing their protein intake, which would be great news for our livestock producers. Um, all in all, you know, for the first time in a while, we've got some pretty positive news On trade. Um, And and really what that allows us to do, especially by closing NAFTA or USMICA, is it allows U.S. negotiators to focus their efforts on other issues in international trade, like with China. So negotiating and renegotiating in those existing markets and trying to open new markets like Japan as well. So it really... Mm -hmm. It gives us one less iron in the fire that we have to be worried about. So it's very good news. And
0: it does feel like, well, a lot of our members have been telling us um, all along in this process, we believe in the president. We Mm -hmm. think that he has a plan for resolving these disputes and he's a good negotiator. So let's give him some space to work out some deals. And. It seems like maybe giving him that space is starting to pay off. We're starting to see several. I think we've had like three agreements in the past couple of weeks that Mm -hmm. we've had positive developments on. So it really does seem like maybe the tide is shifting on that.
1: It was definitely a down-to-the-wire deadline. Um, I think I saw the headline on NAFTA at about 10.30 Sunday night, and it expired at midnight, the the deadline. So Mm -hmm. uh, it certainly was a very dramatic end to that timeline, but we're very grateful to have it done. And Congress, um, they have about six days to get that approved they don't get to just negotiate it to mean like okay here it is now it's in effect Mm -hmm. there's a waiting period and it it has to be formally approved so that'll that'll take a little bit of time
0: yeah definitely so and it's not a slam dunk done deal Mm -hmm. that it's going to get through congress either for all the political reasons we've already talked about for every everything else right Um, but hopefully we'll be able to find a way to make that thing uh, get done before the period expires
1: we sure hope so Uh,
0: one other thing that uh, we noticed just a believe it was today, is that Congress passed a bill that will um, fund some programs and change some programs that will uh, help push back on the opioid epidemic. And we don't know a lot of details about that, but I wanted to at least mention that that's something Missouri Farm Bureau has been working on quite a bit over the past couple of years, because rural areas have been very, very hard hit by the opioid opioid epidemic, and especially farm families. Um, I believe that the Stats that came out of the survey that um, that American Farm Bureau did with National Farmers Union um, jointly found that one out of every three um, people who have a – no, I'm sorry, 75 percent mm-hmm. of people who have a farm worker in their household have been touched by the op- op- opioid epidemic personally. Right. Um, either someone in their household or someone they know very closely. And that was significantly higher than any other demographic by uh, by a lot. So definitely look forward to seeing how uh, if the president will sign that legislation and um, what kind of help that might bring to our communities, but it seemed like that was very good news.
1: Yeah, and if you're a County Farm Bureau leader or just interested in learning more about that study you mentioned, Missouri Farm Bureau did put together a toolkit or a resource guide for county leaders that was sent out earlier this year, and it talks about that study and, and why we think Missouri Farm Bureau thinks this is an important issue, but it also talks about local resources in your community, so what to do with your unused prescription drugs or how to, if you know, if you or someone you know needs assistance with this, how to local help in your local community. Sometimes putting those resources in people's hands are all it needs to make a, make a positive change in their life. Yeah, that
0: can be really helpful. Um, a little bit of an uh, internal note that we uh, want to make sure all of our listeners are aware of is that one of our board members was recently appointed to a very good position that we're excited about uh, having him involved in that. Could you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, so um, earlier this week on October 1st, uh, Brent Hampy, who's our District 4 state board member from Pettis County, was appointed as the USDA Farm Service Agency Director for Missouri. Now, for some of those who may have been listening or have been following this position, uh, that that position was previously held by Richard Fordyce, who's Mm -hmm. also a Missouri Farm Bureau member, Richard was selected by Secretary Purdue to serve as the national FSA director, which left an opening here in the state of Missouri. So uh, Brent has been a great asset. He's been a great friend to us on the state board. Uh, we're sad to see him leave the board. He did have to resign his position in, in that regard, but we're looking forward to working with him in his new role.
0: Absolutely. And to fill his um, his position on the board, we're going to be having a an election for a full two-year term this December at our annual meeting for Mm -hmm. that fourth district. And it's mostly West Central Missouri. Um, And if you're interested in that position or um, curious about how that works, feel free to call us at the Home Office and we can get you more information. Sure. Um, One last item before we go is wanted to touch on what you've been working on um, so much over the last few weeks and months, is our policy development process. It's really getting into the final stages before um, we get the, the uh, proposals for annual meeting where people will vote on them. Um, where do we stand with that process right now
1: yeah so we appreciate all of our county farm bureaus who submitted policy recommendations for the state resolutions committee to consider that deadline was september 30th and we had a very high participation of our counties this year the committee will meet in a couple of weeks and they literally go through every single submission that we have and talk back and forth and debate about what the position of the organization should be from that meeting, they develop a slate of proposed policy resolutions, and those will be printed in the fall issue of Show Me, Missouri Farm Bureau magazine, which I believe will be hitting mailboxes sometime around the first week of November and, or end of October. So um, definitely keep an eye out for that. We're very proud of our grassroots policy development process, and it really gives our membership the opportunity to weigh in on how they feel the statewide organization should move forward. Uh, on legislation and regulations in the coming year. Once you see the tentative resolutions, um, we will have voting delegates from every county at our annual meeting in December, where they all come together and talk about those proposals. They potentially make changes to our existing policy book. Uh, It's really something to see, so we're excited to um, be moving forward with that process.
0: Well, good. It's uh, good to see a lot of um, those resolutions rolling in the door. It sounds like we've got a lot of suggestions for things that can be updated, so look forward to seeing how that works out. All right. Well, appreciate you joining us, and um, hopefully we'll get some more action on these items that seems like are moving in the right direction.
1: Sounds great. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for joining us. We look forward to talking to you more about some ballot initiatives over a few upcoming episodes, and we'll also try to keep you informed on any developments in ag policy. Thank you for joining us.